Hello friends, my name is Levi Dugan and I am the planting pastor of Cayley Community, a new United Methodist faith community in Oklahoma City. Our mission is to lead all people in the way of love by gathering, growing, and giving in the name of Christ. As we are engaging with the church planting process, having begun planting Cayley Community on January 1st of this year, I thought it might be neat to discuss the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and the ugly of church planting. In this, I am not an expert on the one hand, being just a few months into planting. Certainly, I've done a lot of research and preparation and discernment and all kinds of training, but being brand new at it, I guess you could say I'm not an expert. On the other hand, I am absolutely an expert because (laughs) I'm in the trenches doing the work, seeing growth and meaningful disciple making for Jesus Christ. So I hope if you're a church planter or someone considering planting a church or a coach or a leader of church plants in your community or conference, you might benefit from some of the things we're learning at Kaylee Community along the way. You can always submit questions or thoughts at kayleycommunity.org slash contact. And so reach out, ask questions, send your thoughts, your concerns, your ideas. We need to collaborate as a community to help us be the best we can be. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, this is Pastor Levi Dugan, planting pastor of Kaylee Community. And in today's church planting podcast episode, we're talking about discipleship pathways. We like this phrase in the United Methodist Church. Maybe you use a different phrase in other denominations or cultures, but a discipleship pathway is basically a process for growing Christians, right? From beginning to end. So a discipleship pathway is a plan and it's a plan that includes how we reach new people for Jesus when they're new, how we onboard them into our community, and how we continue to help them grow in their faith. Now, in the United Methodist context, we are lovers of John Wesley, and so we think of our discipleship pathways in terms of the three graces of Methodism. We have provenient grace, justifying grace, and sanctifying grace in the Methodist theology. And this is very unique to Methodism. Provenient grace is not something talked about outside of Wesleyan theology. But provenient grace is the grace that goes before us, the grace that pursues us, uh, the grace that God has showered on every human being without exception that enables them to hear the gospel, to believe in Jesus, to uh, act in ways that are loving and sacrificial, even when it's against your own self-interest. It's that special grace of God that everybody gets without any exception. And because of that, uh, everybody has access to God, which is so important in your theology. The second kind of grace is justifying grace. This is probably the kind of grace that you're familiar with because most American churches teach that this is all salvation is, which is that moment when you place saving faith in Christ, right? When you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe you get baptized at that point or maybe later, but that justification, that moment where you're declared good or righteous or or 
not guilty of sin, right? And justifying grace comes in many shapes and forms, I believe. In Kaylee community, we think a lot about this because we have plenty of members of our church who are actually cognitively unable to place saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so technically, scripturally, you could make an argument uh, that these individuals are destined to eternal conscious tormenting hell. And wouldn't that be an awful thing to say? But there are theologies out there who, though when confronted with someone with autism or Down syndrome, they would never say this because it would be too unpopular. But their theologies basically dictate that if someone doesn't literally uh, confess with their mouth, with their tongue, as it says in the book of Romans, uh, that Jesus is Lord, then they're doomed to hell. We just don't believe this at Cayley community, and I don't think we really teach this in the United Methodist Church because we understand there are children who pass away, and there are individuals with special needs who never get to that point, uh, folks who are non-speaking, who never confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, folks who are cognitively below uh, the IQ level where they can understand the gospel fully. And of course, we still believe that God loves them and brings them into God's eternal bliss. So uh, that may be part of prevenient grace or part of justifying grace, but, you know, that's another conversation. The last kind of grace is sanctifying grace, and that's the grace that grows us, right? The kind of grace that helps us to grow in our faith and look and be more like Jesus. So if you think about these three kinds of graces, a discipleship pathway can mimic these or be agents of these three graces. A discipleship plan is one where you have a plan to get out to the community where people don't know Jesus. That's that prevenient grace where you can be in the community loving people the way Jesus loved people, providing healing as Jesus provided healing, uh, providing inclusion where Jesus also included those who were excluded. And in so doing, you're basically an agent of that prevenient grace that goes before belief, that goes before uh, justification. Then we want to provide opportunities for people to receive Christ, to become part of the church, to join the church, to become part of the body of Christ, the family of God. And that's that justifying grace. And then after that, we need to provide programs and ministries that allow people to grow in their faith, to become more like Jesus. And that's that sanctifying grace. So as you're building a discipleship pathway, I think it's probably one of the first things you should do as a church plant so that you're very clear about what you believe about how people can come to know God, can get into relationship with God, and then can continue to grow with God. There are different kinds of discipleship pathways. There's one that I liked when I was in a rural context called HOPE, H-O-P-E. H was hospitality. O was offering Christ. P was um, purposeful ministry. And E was engaging the community. And so all these things were sort of wrapped up in what we've just talked about. Hospitality was the way that we uh, greeted people when they came to church and how we treated them and how we followed up with them. Uh, offering Christ, of course, was the importance of Christ-centered preaching and teaching that showed people uh, how Christ is central to everything in the universe. Uh, purposeful ministry was that 
ability to grow in your faith, to do something of purpose and mission that helps you to grow and become more like Jesus. And engaging the community was that provenient grace, that kind of getting outside the church and interacting with people who may not even know Jesus. So hope is a great example of a discipleship pathway. Uh, what we ended up using at Kaylee Community, it's something that I read about, um, and I wish I could remember where, because I don't want to steal it without giving it credit, but I did read about this somewhere. Um, our discipleship pathway is gather, grow, and give. Uh, I need simple things because my brain is busy and crazy and full. And so gather, grow, and give is something I can remember. And I think it's something that our entire congregation can remember. Uh, But we do fill in the blanks under gather, grow, and give. We also have other uh, examples. So we gather for story, sacrament, and song. You see, I alliterated that too. (laughs) So we have story, we have the gospels uh, and sermons. We have sacrament, we share in baptism and the Lord's Supper, and we have song where we worship God. That gather component is usually our Sunday morning gathering or our dinner church gathering. And uh, there are other opportunities to do that, especially online. But uh, gather is our first uh, discipleship pathway. And that fills in more of the blank in terms of justifying grace. Um, It's really that kind of uh, moment where people can join the family of God. After gather, we have grow. We grow in word, wisdom, and witness. Again, pretty good, huh? Nice alliteration. Word being, of course, growing in Jesus, who is the word of God, the capital W word, and the lowercase word of God, which is the Bible. So any kind of discipleship, uh, adult education or Sunday school or kids education, that would be that growing in word and growing in wisdom, which is really what scripture is all about. And growing in witness, which is that ability to share your faith with others. And that's where we start to dip our toes a little in provenient grace, reaching outside of the church. So we have gather and grow. And the final one is to give. We give of our time, our talent, and our tithe. And so you probably remember our last episode discussing uh, church finances and and fundraising. Well, this is part of that. We do gather or we do uh, give our tithe, but we also give our time and talent, right? We give of ourselves to the community. And that's more of that mission and that provenient grace going outside the church. Uh, So if I had to say it, I'd say gathering is justifying grace. Growing is sanctifying grace and giving is uh, provenient grace. But there are some little pockets of exception within each one of those. Hopefully you can see how a discipleship pathway or a discipleship plan should be something that's very easy, easy to remember uh, for any congregant who's you know wanting to know where to plug in. Now you have three categories where they can get plugged in, where they can choose to participate or serve. Uh, and you can implement this around every aspect of your ministry. You can use this platform to do performance reviews for your staff. How are they performing in the gathering, growing, and giving sections of their ministry or of the overall church? Uh, You can include it in uh, almost like a a checkbox or a thermometer that you fill in in terms of progress for your church congregation members. Perhaps they 
check certain boxes to achieve higher levels of discipleship. Make a game out of it. Make it fun. But I think it's important that theologically you have this discipleship pathway in place early on and that you're utilizing it consistently, talking about it constantly, that it's posted around your church, that it's all over your website and your social media, because that will help define the culture and the identity of your church, and it will help you keep from mission creeping, where you lose focus on what's most important and start getting distracted. I've definitely worked in church contexts where they didn't have a clear mission or a clear discipleship pathway. And so they basically did every kind of ministry you could imagine. So they did a hundred things in a mediocre way instead of doing three things with excellence. And at Kaylee community, we want to keep things simple. We love to equip people to do different kinds of jobs, but at the end of the day, we got to make sure they align with our mission and that we're able to do them well. I hope this helps you to kind of think about what your own discipleship pathway might look like. Think about acronyms and easily memorable phrases that you can use as you create your pathway. Uh, you can check out KayleeCommunity.org backslash church planting for resources on discipleship pathways. There'll be links to our conference website and the Methodist Church in Oklahoma as well. And feel free to use those resources to help you as you build your church.